0: Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. Hey, what is up, everybody? And welcome back to the College Info Geek podcast, the internet's best resource for ambitious students and learners looking to get ahead, but a terrible resource for figuring out how to solve the following riddle. You're on an island with 12 islanders. 11 of them weigh the exact same, but one of them weighs either more or less. You don't have a scale, but you do have a teeter-totter. But you're only allowed to use a teeter totter three times. How do you figure out who is your outlier and whether or not he's heavier or lighter?
1: I think I could figure this out, but you I don't want to give. I don't know not
0: do it on the podcast. I
1: couldn't do it on the podcast. <laughs> I could. This is a terrible resource for it, so I'm not going to solve it here. It is, and you'd make me a yeah, liar. This isn't going to give the answer to anybody.
0: Also. Even if you solved it, you would not be able to communicate it very easily because this riddle is very complicated, and the solution you have to look at it.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's just it would just be like a bunch of me like going to wait, 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 wait. No, no. So it's like this, right? Well, and i see I'm just my confusing whiteboard? Myself. Oh, is that that's that? Is that what's going on up yeah.
0: there? Anna and I were watching Brooklyn Nine Nine. Wow. <laughs> the chief comes in one scene and he says that riddle. And I was so distracted for the rest of the episode. I couldn't pay attention to it I was trying (laughs) to solve it. And I stayed up until 1 a.m. Wow. Trying to solve this stupid riddle. And I got so close. And the the answer, there's like several different cases. And I got one case right. And then the second case I got almost right. But eventually I was just like, this is wasting my time. Because the next day I should have been working, but I was sitting there trying to solve the riddle. So <laughs> I eventually looked it up and I was like one step away from solving it. I just hadn't mm, made it, it is Final mental leap. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll challenge people in the comments for the YouTube version of this podcast.
1: The answer is just ask. Yeah, just ask. What do you weigh? Just, just ask. Well, I was sitting there coming <laughs> up with solved. out of the box solutions. Like, yeah.
0: well, let's just not even use the teeter totter. Let's go find a, a pool of water and then have them all lay in it and see which one displaces less or more. That could work. Or you could have them all get on the seesaw and then have like them get off one at a time, but have the rest of them stay on and see when it moves and when it doesn't. But that's cheating. You can only do three measurements, and yeah. you can't have people slide now, off in the middle of the measurement. The answer just to ask. You know, just
1: ask. Yeah, which one of you is lighter? But and, then or some heavier? people might lie about their weight. So then,
0: true. Well, now you're confused. Trixie Little Hobbit says you're going to have to do a big old interrogation with cross examinations. This is going to be a whole deal. Yeah, that we don't have Any, time But see, for this
1: is this is clearly not a good resource for solving not a that good riddle. Resource.
0: Yeah, I do like the the whole not a good resource joke. It's a good opener. Anywho, my name is Thomas Frank, and I'm here as always with my good friend Martin Bamey. And today we're going to talk about how to fix your spending problem. Been spending too much money on antique wooden gnomes from eBay. I've seen them filling up your apartment, and this is an
1: intervention. That sounds like an interesting collection.
0: <laughs> Please don't start buying those.
1: Let me just <laughs> let me just figure out how much that would cost me.
0: There are antique wooden gnomes on eBay. Yeah, I'm going, I'm fine. I've out. looked. Some of them are crude and crass. But then some of them are cute. I okay. Don't know. Okay. Are you actually looking this up right now? I am. Why I am do you, I am doing that. Why do you want to buy
1: antique gnomes? I just want to see what it costs? What if it's a good hobby? It, it could be a good hobby potentially. I don't know. What, what if, you could just whittle your own. That's a better. Um,
0: that's a better hobby. Yeah.
1: Um. This one's twenty nine dollars. If I filled my oh that's that one's a, cheaper. That, that one's a
0: hundred and ninety. Ooh, that one's a lot.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, it's an expensive hobby. Uh,
1: okay. Actually, that one's creeping me out. Yeah. I'm done. I don't want this anymore. I don't think I want my room to horrify me.
0: Crisis averted.
1: Yep. Problem yeah. solved. But what about the people listening to this show
0: who already they, they, have the They, they, they keep gnome. buying gnomes. You keep buying gnomes. Why you are you doing stop that? Stop buying the gnomes, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk about how to um, how to curb a spending problem if you feel like you spend too much money. Okay. Because most people do not save enough money. I know there's a bunch of statistics out there, but I don't think there's a reason to cite them. Uh, most people just don't save enough money for retirement. And a lot of people out there may have debt that they want to get out of more quickly. So in order to accelerate debt payments, they would want to curb their spending. And I have a list of 10 tips Ooh. that we're going to go into. All right. Um, and I think this is also going to be a video on my channel. And if it is, it will have come out before this. So in that case that I didn't change my mind on the video topic, this will be an expansion of all those tips, because the video expansion can't be pack is an hour long. Yeah, this is the expansion pack for every single one. Mm. Of course, the first one on it's my list is free DLC. Is uh, can't spend money if you don't have money to spend. Duh. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm doing that thing, like the meme where I'm pointing at my brain. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I wanted to talk about your method for doing this first. Uh oh. Because you've done this you've done manual budgeting or manual expense tracking rather. Yes. Yes. To make sure that you don't spend enough or too much money. So enlighten us on how you did that. What apps do you use? When do you track the expenses? All that kind of stuff.
1: All right. So luckily I have my handy dandy notes. If I, Oh, the gnomes, get them off of my screen. (laughs) (laughs) He left them up. I'm like, leave and jump. It's not really a scare. It's more like a, a, Creeps. It's like mm. a jump creep. I'm jump creep. I'm creeped out. It's not. I'm not scared. Uh, regardless I'm scared of these gnomes, <laughs> I could yes. take them. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, so anyway, money. yeah. I like to do. I like to budget very specifically. Every once in a while, I I don't all the time. Sometimes I quit for a while. Mm-hmm. But the at the very least, I think that it's a good tool for finding out why and how you're spending too much of your money. Mm. So this may be done through. You could use something like Mint. If you're just looking for past data, Yeah. you could use something like some credit cards just have that feature, like on your, on your bank website. I know mine does. But I'm using this budgeting app called, I think, Daily Budget on iOS. It's got a piggy bank as the icon. And so basically how it works is I can put in my income, all of my non-variable bills, all the things that I keep having to pay every time. And then every single time I pay for something of any kind, I put it in there. So food, restaurants, movies, there are a bunch of different categories and you can make your own categories. And um, it shows me, like it'll, it'll minus all my bills from my income. And then it will show me every single day, it divides out my extra spending money. Yeah. So it says that, uh, let's say I have $20 a day. It will show me that I have $20, then I'll buy something, and then I won't have $20. And But it shows me the next two days. Oh, so cool. if I've spent $14 today out of my 20, yeah. okay, I'm keeping under budget. Not only does it show that I have $6 left today to spend, but tomorrow it says I'll have 26 if I don't spend anymore. Yeah. So it's easier to curb spending because I can see why I should. I'd be like, oh, actually, I want that stupid expensive drink over there. But if I don't, I can get my favorite lunch tomorrow.
0: Mm, that's good. And you said that has you put in your fixed, fixed expenses as well? Yeah. I think that's really useful. And I didn't write this on the list, but I've seen people make this excuse like, oh, it's only 20 bucks, it's only $15. And they buy it and they do that a couple of times. And then they realize
1: there was a monthly expense coming up that they forgot about. Yeah. Like,
0: oh wait, I forgot I had to pay car insurance.
1: Oh, that sucks Oops. when they come up and near it, the end of the month, because yeah. then you're like, I'm ruined. But this takes that all out immediately. That is imaginarily gone. Yeah. So when you want to know how much money do I have, you don't look at your bank. You look at this app and it says, this is how much money you have left for the month. Let, right. Ignore your bank account. Some of that's a bill you haven't paid yet.
0: Yeah. And that's useful because it's it's like an ever-present account of what you have to spend. Yeah. Not and just it's some in, vague- it's immediate thing in your, in your head. like so, I think I've got
1: money for that. Things like mint aren't immediate. It takes mm-hmm. a few days for card purchases to go through. That's true. So yeah. unless you plan on doing nothing but cash for every single thing, which you may not even be able to do since some bills may want you to pay through some other method, your mint will give you the data later. So if you want to actively be budgeting, something like this works well. I actually get alerts from my bank when a certain amount of when, when, uh, money comes away from my credit card that didn't involve the card being there. So any online purchases, any things that happen that I didn't personally do that I may have forgotten about, I get notified. So I can still put it That's in the cool. app. Yeah. Uh, and I think
0: what that also does, because you're when you're tracking, like say you go to the Whole Foods and you buy kombucha, yeah. you're tracking it there, right? Right there. Like right after you so put your credit card I am in
1: actively seat. saving or spending the money. Yeah. In that moment, I feel it go away so from you, me. So yeah, you feel the money... So being spent it's which kind is of like
0: difficult with like Apple pay or credit cards.
1: yeah, yeah, I'm doing like you know, because when you spend cash, you see the money go away. yeah, and it makes you feel bad and you're like, well, I hope that was worth it. I'm doing the same thing because I, I just subtract the the money and then I watch my money for tomorrow go down right. And I'm like, oh, well that? That hurts similarly to cash because I'm immediately seeing what I'm spending. Yeah. And so I don't always do this. Sometimes I just do it for a month or two in a row and then see, okay, where am I spending my money? It's food again. That's not surprising. Whoops. Mm. And then um, I'm using it to get a feel for what I could budget better on. Yeah. And then um, if I didn't want to budget everything, what I would do, and I've done this before to make it easier is just use an app, an app like this, or you, you know an iCloud note, you just have a note where you sub- keep subtracting the money. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a fancy app. Um, but I could just budget for food. If I say that's my worst expense, that's where I waste my money. Yeah. Then I could just say, instead of my income, I'll put in my food budget, mm-hmm. you know? And it, usually I set that based on, um, the USDA actually has some average food budgets for different- um, oh, really? For age ranges, family sizes. Do they sizes, have it for and- location-
0: like where you live?
1: I don't know. I've never looked at a location-based one. It's, it's got averages for like... Um,
0: Actually, does food does food cost fluctuate a lot with location? I don't know how... I m- know a lot of other I, cost-living things. I know do, it
1: at least does a little. I don't know if it does a lot. But like f- for an example, uh, if I'm buying food for Ashley and myself, I am categorized under family of two mm-hmm. between 19 and 50 years. So if we go by either the thrifty, low-cost, moderate, or liberal spending plan, they've got examples of each, that means that I should roughly expect to spend between $386 to $767 on food. Now, this is, they're keeping into account trying to eat healthily. Obviously, I could just eat oatmeal and eggs and bananas all month, obviously. But they're trying to say, let's say you bought what we recommend as our nutritional guidelines, Yeah. this is what you'd probably be spending. So I start around there. Just put that in as the income and then only budget food, mm-hmm. ignoring the rest. So then budgeting is easier and more effective because I'm only budgeting my weakness. So their
0: their low end was 350 bucks a month?
1: For two people.
0: I feel like you could get a lot lower than that even... And I mean, I don't. No, you
1: can, you can absolutely get but a I'm lot lower like than even that. Even while
0: eating fairly healthy, if you just cooked up like big batch meals and... I don't know, like a lot of onions and potatoes. Uh, You can, you can absolutely,
1: I don't necessarily go with these because you can go much lower than that, but at, it's not expecting you to try to completely bare bones, not buy food because Mm. that's just, I don't think that that's realistic for people who already have a food spending problem. They already, they like food. They know they want to buy fancy food. Yeah, that's true. And you don't need a lot of fancy food, but to, to feed two people is it's, it's going to cost a bit i don't want to eat nothing yeah. but oats and eggs and bananas
0: that's true and for me like food spending not including takeout and restaurant food because that definitely is a guilt area but food spending at home is an area where i usually don't feel guilty about spending a lot of money because it usually means i'm buying things that are healthy or things that save me time
1: oh yeah and i actually i think that this I wouldn't be surprised if this is including just restaurant spending and stuff. Just oh, food could. food okay. in general spending, yeah. how much are people spending?
0: Yeah, but like my, my morning smoothie probably isn't the cheapest thing in the world because I now use Ripple pea, pea Milk, yeah, which is, I don't know, $5 for a half a gallon or something like that. And it's like a bunch of ingredients, but it makes me feel super energetic and helps me hit my athletic goals and all these kinds of things. So that's fine. Um, I didn't write this down, but I realized that can't spend money if you don't have money in the first place is a meme and not a tip. So I have to have one more tip. And I want to mention this anyway. You mentioned using Mint or maybe like your bank has software to categorize your spending. Yeah, I think it can also be helpful to print out your bank statement or your credit card statement just once or maybe print out a couple of months worth and actually go through and look at line items and like look for patterns. Yeah. Because, and maybe Mint does this perfectly, but sometimes it'll say, oh, grocery, but it was Starbucks at the grocery store. So it's not actually grocery, it's your coffee habit. And the software doesn't know that. And if you just log in and you see, oh, $300 spent on grocery, that looks fine then you're not going to, your brain's not going to raise the alarm. Yeah,
1: 200 of that is actually coffee. You have a problem.
0: Yeah, and if you go in and you were like, oh, you know what? I know what it means when it says $8.93. That means I went to the Target Starbucks and I bought a latte and a bacon sandwich. Maybe I shouldn't do that so much because there's a lot of $8.93 line items here on this bank statement. So I've had several times where I've done that for myself and I've had a couple of times where I've done it for Anna, who just printed out a bank statement, gone through it and... Using like the Apple pencil, if we do it on the iPad or just a highlighter, if you print it out, you can highlight things in different colors. Like this is a problem spending item. Keep this in mind going forward. Yeah. And that's, that's
1: why I like the doing the immediate budget thing, Mm -hmm. because I like, I feel it every single time I lose the money. So it's more clear where it's going. And uh, all this to say, whether you use an app or whatever, the point is that I'm using this to find out and be aware of which of my habits are spending too much money. Yeah. And then, um, if you want to break them, you can break them with sort of well any sort of habit things. But I like to break them with like a two week or a thirty day challenge of some kind. Like I used to be spending way too much on desserts. I get I get addicted to sugar. That's one of my weaknesses. <laughs> I I quit it for a while, but then it, for like thirty seconds. But then I get stressed, and then I then I need vegan cheesecake, and then <laughs> you know. But if I set up a simple system, like I can only buy and or have dessert after 8pm for two weeks. Well, if I don't already have it in the house, I rarely care enough to go out after 8pm to get it. So I yeah. haven't really limited, I haven't said I can't have it, which yeah. is hard. It's hard to tell me I can't have it. I'll come up with an excuse like a holiday or something. Mm-hmm. But I've also done only have dessert on Saturday or yeah. something. Just a system where it's like, see, you've already got the exceptions built in, huh? You don't need to build excuses. The exceptions are already in there. So when you go out with friends, just make sure it's past this time.
0: Yeah. Ooh, I want to share something with you. So, uh, and this may be helpful for the sugar thing. I started using this new habit tracker called Strides. Yeah. And I really like it across the board. But the thing I like best about it, I think, is you can track a goal and have it report an average to you instead of a streak or just like, A habit thing that's done every single day. So for mine, I have journal as an average because I don't journal every single day. There are just some days where I'm like, I don't want to journal today. I don't feel like there was anything that I needed to write, but I want to do it on average three times a week. So, and I don't have enough data in here because I just started using it. But when I start putting in data, it's just going to give me an average and it should be here at this three mark, but it's going to report where instead of just being like you failed. That's cool. So I think maybe for somebody who, you know, you you like sugar and you're not trying to cut out desserts entirely, but you just you want just to make want sure to you're fewer. acting in moderation, you could use an app like this to just mark it off. Okay, I had a cookie tonight. Had yeah. sugar. Boom. Or, or you could and use it, it for say,
1: Starbucks or alcohol or anything. Yeah.
0: You know, and then I could say like, you have had sugar on average two times this week. Is that acceptable? Maybe.
1: No, that's cool because very few habit system apps... Have a feature where it's not explicitly set on dates or every day or something. I haven't seen any. Well, Momentum has a setting where you can have some things be a certain amount of times per week.
0: I've seen that, but I've never seen one that does. Yeah, I've never seen one that just shows you an average. And I like that because, and we're going to do a whole episode on Atomic Habits, James Clear's new book. But he was talking about how your habits and the choices you make every single day are like votes that determine your identity. So if you identify as an athlete, like every time you go to the gym and work out and train, that's like a vote for that identity. You know, it's all evidence to show that you're this kind of a person or that kind of a person. So you don't necessarily have to do something every single day to fit into an identity. Uh, Or you don't necessarily have to do something every single day to feel good about yourself. You could just say, I, you know, it's not that I never eat sugar, And it's not that I have some rigid system where it's only on Saturdays. I just wanna make sure I'm not eating too much sugar. So I just wanna see the average. Am I eating an average of two sugary things a week or 17? I think that's useful. So, yeah. Bonus little thing. That's a cool feature. Yeah, I like that app. That's the one I'm using right now. Um, Number three is what's called the refrigerator method. And this is very similar to your manual spending tracking, but this is something that my friend Andrew and his wife Laura do. Uh, They have a piece of paper or possibly just sticky notes that they put on the fridge where they track every expense, but because they put it on the fridge, the other person can see it. So they are holding themselves accountable to the other person in the marriage about their spending. And Andrew told me that it, I think like their credit card spending went down by two thirds.
1: Just because they didn't want to put up one and then have the other person write a note on it. It's like, what is this? Exactly. What are yeah. you doing here? You're a terrible it, idea.
0: Yeah. So it's the threat of shame from the person that is with you all the time. But also I think it just made each of them start thinking more deliberately about the purchases they were making. Because... You get to a point where you have enough disposable income. And I think that this can happen at any level. It can, you could have like 20 bucks a month of disposable income, but you can unconsciously spend it because you just get in habits. Like my habit is wake up and go to Starbucks and spend $10 on breakfast there. And then I walk to the Whole Foods afterwards and I get a kombucha drink because I just I just do it.
1: You just spent like 20 like, bucks right there.
0: Exactly. You know, well, it's actually $14 and... and I don't yeah, know what it is, <laughs> yeah, it would be, but more you like know, that. you could do. You could change your habits. You could get up and you could make coffee at home and make an egg sandwich. You could cut. You could cut the hole out of the bread with the can, and then put the bread in the pan and dump the egg in the hole. Oh then, yeah, those are yeah, cool. I forgot what that's called. I don't know. It's but, but called it's tasty.
1: Cool, but yeah, a lot of this is about like being aware of what you're spending and when you're spending it because credit cards and debit cards and online spending, you don't, you don't feel it unless you specifically like write down somewhere or have to say, look, look at the receipt. Oh, Mm -hmm. I lost that. How much do I have now? Oh, look, that number changed. Weird. Yeah.
0: And then sometimes you log into your credit card dashboard and you're like, I spent that much? What? Yeah. You know, and sometimes it can, it can surprise you because maybe you put car insurance on your credit card and some other things and they only come around once every six months, but like they came around this month and you didn't, think to you compensate didn't, didn't by spending less. Throughout the so months. it's like, bam, you spent a bunch, you know? I've had times like that. Um, so the fridge method can be something that would be useful if you lived with roommates who wanted to keep you accountable or if you had a significant other who is like on board with your financial plans. Um, I wanted to talk about how to curb impulse spending. And we already talked about the identity-based mindset from Atomic Habits. I will reiterate that one more time though, and actually let's reverse it. So we talked about how your habits sort of provide votes for your identity, but he also mentions that if you start from the position of an identity you want to embody, it becomes easier to act consistently along the lines of that identity. So if you identify as a fiscally responsible person, like I identify as having my stuff together, then you're probably not going to make stupid financial decisions. You're not gonna to go to the gas station and buy 16 Four Locos because that's not what the person you identify would do. Or I identify as an athlete. That means that I go to the gym and train. I don't skip workouts. And I think this like this is a little bit nuanced, but it's important because a lot of people start from the position of, I want to achieve a certain output-paced goal, not I wanna be the kind of person, I wanna be this label, maybe, who would do that. And I think there's even research about this where I think he he cites a a study in the book, and I can't remember the exact details of it, but it was something along the lines of one group was told to basically say, like, I identify as a healthy person, and the other person, oh, I think it was this. It was one group was told to identify as a non-smoker, like, I am a non-smoker, and the other person was just told to identify as somebody who or not identify, but just say like, I'm trying to quit smoking. And the people who said I'm a non-smoker had a much easier time resisting smoking because it's not consistent with their identity. So identify as somebody who's not an impulsive spender. Identify as somebody who is fiscally responsible and you may find yourself making different choices.
1: Rather than just like trying, saying I am not allowed to spend money on food, but then being like, but that's that's not who I, I want to be the kind of person who spends and yes. buys fancy food. That's who I am. And you're like holding yourself in this cage. You're going to break. You're going to break it at some point when you're frustrated mm-hmm. with your limits. And there's
0: something else I want to just briefly mention here. But I think a lot of people believe they're not allowed to assume certain identities. Like, "Oh, LeBron James is an athlete. I'm not an athlete." Well, do you train for athletics? Have you done a competition? Then you're an athlete.
1: You're just not LeBron James. Choose to believe
0: it. You're not a professional athlete. You may not be an elite level athlete, but you're an athlete, you know? And maybe right now you don't feel like the kind of person who could identify as a physically responsible adult who has all their stuff together because you make mistakes sometimes. But you know what? Wear that identity. Who is going to care? And if anybody does
1: take offense to it, does their opinion even matter? Well, just prove them wrong. Yeah. Prove them wrong. If you do enough of those habits, that identity becomes you anyway. Exactly. Right. So
0: assume the identity, let the habits cast votes to provide evidence for that identity. And then you'll become more confident with wearing it. Now you probably shouldn't do this
1: with like doctor on certain things. I actually (laughs) identify as a doctor, so (laughs) I would like to perform surgery.
0: Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. I identify as president of the United States doesn't mean that I get to sign bills into law. You can but, sign um, bills, they won't we'll do nothing. You know, athlete is not going to harm anybody. Financially responsible adult is not going to harm anybody. Uh, person who cooks. So those are like they're cook. like lifestyles, lifestyle, not identities. specific exactly.
1: specific positions yeah. where you need to attain them.
0: Just identify as the kind of person who would behave in the way that you find yourself wanting to behave, and you will find yourself behaving that way more often. May not be perfect. You may still need systems, but. You're, it's more ammunition for your motivation.
1: You're saying I'm a reader, not I should read more. Yes. The second one sounds yes. all guilty and downtrodden. Exactly. I am a reader, which means that I'm going to read right now. Uh, consistency
0: is important. And we talked about consistency in one of our Weapons of Influence yes. series episodes. I don't remember which one. I don't know either. I think we can there probably a bunch put of it them. in the show notes. It's a good series to listen to. The other thing I had here was... Or I guess two little. T- these are more tactical tips. Uh, have a thirty-day list. So if you impulsively think I really want to buy something, put it on a list that you, and then put the date down. Come back thirty days from that date and ask yourself, Do I still want that thing? I think seventy-five percent of the time you're going to say, Yeah, nope, I didn't actually need that thing. And you know the the minority of the time where you say, I do need that. Okay, then buy it. Yeah, because it was clearly something that wasn't just an impulse in the moment. Uh, also when you go to the store, know exactly what you need. Maybe have a list and don't deviate from that list. Just go in and quickly get your stuff and get out because
1: a lot of times you just, your eye catches something. Well, they're designed literally. that way. They're yeah. literally designed so that you like, for the most part, you'll start off with fresh stuff and then you'll circle around the wall because that's where all the necessary stuff is. And on the way, you will have seen most of the store. They Mm -hmm. want you to get impulse purchases. And I I love going and just looking at groceries, but that's a separate type of trip. Yeah, You've got the, I'm getting these groceries because I need them trip. And the, I have some extra money and I'm gonna go to the store and look at fancy ingredients. That's a a fun trip now.
0: And that's fine. They shouldn't be the same trip. But that was intentional. Yeah, they
1: shouldn't be the same trip. We're trying to curb
0: the impulsive, unintentional spending that just happens almost unconsciously. So those can be helpful. This week's episode of our show is brought to you by our friends over at Brilliant, you guessed it. Brilliant is an amazing tool for learning math, science, and computer science incredibly effectively, and they help you learn those subjects very effectively through active learning. Unlike most uh, lecture-style classes where you come in, you sit in a chair, and you passively intake material for a long time before you actually get to sink your teeth into some problems, Brilliant throws you right into those problems. Immediately, once you start one of their courses, you're gonna find yourself challenged by something that you have to actually sink your teeth into and figure out. Now, they do have an incredibly detailed wiki with all kinds of example problems and detailed explanations for all the concepts they go over, so if you do get stuck, and you probably will get stuck at certain points, which is good, getting stuck is a very integral part of the learning process, you can go into that wiki, do some learning in depth, and then come out with new information which you can solve those problems with. But this active learning approach has a lot of benefits. Number one, it makes you a lot more interested in the material that you're learning, whether it be calculus, or probability, or gravitational physics, or even computational biology, which I didn't even know that was a thing until I started looking at their course catalog. But second of all, this process of actively solving problems and of going through courses that are built upon the principle of active learning makes you a better problem solver overall. Because when you apply yourself to a problem, you're not only learning the specifics of that problem, you're becoming a better problem solver universally, which is gonna help you in your career and in school and in your personal projects as well. Now within Brilliant's catalog of courses, you're gonna find tons of different options, but this week I do wanna highlight their calculus course because for me, calculus was a very tough subject in high school and they do a great job of teaching it. So if you also have difficulties with calculus, definitely check out their course on it. And I think it's gonna be a big help. If you want to start learning for free today, whether it be that calculus course or anything else in their library, you can go over to brilliant.org slash college info geek. Once again, brilliant.org slash college info geek. And if you were one of the first 83 people to get to that link and sign up, you're also going to get 20% off of your annual premium subscription. I want to give a big thanks to brilliant for sponsoring this episode and being a huge supporter of college info geek in general. And let's get back into it. Uh, I also have as a tip here, ask why like ask yourself why are you making this purchase and why are you buying say this particular model or why are you buying this particular price point point? and does that reason actually hold water? Uh, I think a lot of people buy things because they're they're trying to impress other people or they're trying to be impressive for a certain small period of time And like cars. Like, some people buy cars because they're trying to look cool, you know? And we did talk about how, like, if you're a 40 year old guy and you're having a midlife crisis, buying a sports car will solve that for you. Absolutely. Buy yourself a vet. But if you are not a 42 year old accountant named Gary who's having some life troubles, existential crises, you probably shouldn't buy a vet just to impress people because. Unless you're a car enthusiast, like I kind of am, buying a car that's super cool probably won't make you happy on a day-to-day basis. And uh, it turns
1: out that people don't really care if you have a cool car. Yeah, they might like see it and go, hey, that's a nice car. Yeah. Yeah, they that's might it. care that's more whole, if you have like- that's the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know,
0: a cool propeller hat or something. They're gonna comment on that more. I
1: never see propeller hats.
0: Exactly. You should get a propeller hat. It's oh, way cheaper than a vet. Cool. You could get so many, you could hand them out. Yeah. So ask yourself why. Are you making this purchase to impress somebody? Are you making this purchase because it's gonna make you feel good right now? So this is how I think when uh, I think about buying new clothes. Sometimes I gotta buy new clothes because I need them, but sometimes it's like, it would be cool to have a new hoodie, it would feel awesome. But then I think about all the clothes that I've owned in the past and all the ones I have right now. Every single item of clothing that I've bought in the past, felt cool and new and novel for a little bit. And then eventually it just becomes the same old t-shirt in the drawer and I don't care. And I throw it on. Yeah. And all that novelty and good feeling has gone away. It was fleeting. So is that fleeting novelty worth whatever they want for that jacket at H&M? Probably not.
1: Yeah. So buy clothes uh, because
0: they fit you well, they make you feel good. But not because they're going to make you feel temporarily good because they're like it's like a high you get
1: yeah, from buying something. This works for things that might feel constructive too. If I want to start working out and I, I am now identifying as somebody who works out, I'm I'm an athlete now, suddenly. I should be doing exercises right now. I have it all planned. It's on my it's on my whiteboard. I got I gotta do push-ups and pull-ups and whatnot. But actually, Maybe I'm not supposed to be doing pushups. Maybe I'm supposed to go look at weight machines and consider buying one. Now I've turned it into this really expensive errand. The reason (laughs) I'm doing this isn't to get stronger. It's because I really don't want to do my ex. I'm just like distracting myself with an errand that feels productive. Yeah. So I'm finding a way to feel good without actually doing what I wanted to feel good about. And I think that's true of a lot of things that feel like investments in yourself. So Mm -hmm. you got to be careful with them because I could use a weight machine. But if it's my first day of my new workout plan and I'm already like, well, maybe I can't do it without this $200 giant rack of things, then uh, the reason I'm buying it has nothing to do with the goal. It's just because I'm pushing off the work.
0: I was at the Ninja Gym on Monday and they had these new grips that they're like handles that hang from things, but they were fat grips. So they're really, uh, they're like probably about the diameter of that that can you have right there. Okay. But they also spun on the handle. So it was really hard to get the top of your hand on top of the grip because it would just spin down and then you're basically pinching it from below. So it takes a lot of strength to be able to hold on to these things. Huh. And there was a part of me that was like, ooh, I should go buy a pair of those and hang them from my pull-up bar. Just like I bought the banana climbing holds and the uh, little red bomb climbing holds. And I was like, "You know what? I don't need every piece of training gear at home, especially when I can't even hang from my normal pull-up bar for more than 2 minutes." Yeah. Like
1: there's training I can do on the equipment I have. Yeah, like you're not there yet. And this yeah. happens with photography, it happens with everything. It's like you get new equipment and invest in yourself when you reach the point that you can't go further without it. Yeah. Not yeah. not at the beginning because you're just you're just trying to feel good without actually doing the work. Exactly. That's a terrible reason to spend money. Was that one of
0: my tips? Oh, it actually, that is one of my tips. That's my my next one. Nailed it. Well, the next one is don't (laughs) go all in on new hobbies. Totally nailed it. (laughs) I haven't seen this list. I'm just a genius. You are a genius. Well, hey, it's technically shared to you, so how do I know that? You could have seen it. Oh,
1: if I, if I feel so low about myself that I need to cheat, guess your next item on the list, then I think that I have other problems than, <laughs> that need to be sorted out if that's my moment of I confidence
0: <laughs> I knew it before you even told me. <laughs> yeah, I, I need oh, to rethink man. my life. But yes, number six was don't go in all in on new hobbies. Um there was a, a little finer point on that one though. A lot of times people will get into a new hobby in the total beginner stages and they think I got to buy all the stuff that people in this hobby do. So if I'm going to be a jogger, I got to go buy like the neon yellow jogging shorts and the best Nike jogging shoes. And no, you, I mean, you may benefit from those things, but a lot of people get into new hobbies and realize it's not for them. So if you spent $500 on all this name brand, you know, expert level gear, and you realize, I don't actually like triathlons or jogging or whatever (laughs) it is, is, you've just wasted all that money. And we've talked about this before, how there's like three different uh, actions to progressing in a skill. There's the buying of equipment and tools that make you better at it. There's the learning of new techniques, and then there's the practice. So- Buying is the easiest one to do, as long as you have money, and it it is the one that makes you feel you've made the greatest leap in the shortest amount of time. So everyone wants to do it, and of course, marketing makes you feel like you should do it, but uh, if it's your first day rock climbing, maybe you shouldn't go out and buy like $200 worth of shoes and harness and chalk and... Ooh. And carabiners Especially and everything. Especially
1: something like that. Because what maybe if you don't like it? So I broke my finger mountain biking. What yeah. if I had purchased a mountain bike and like a oh, fancy helmet and a bunch? And I was like, this is going to be so great. And then I break my finger and now I got to spend all the money on medical bills. Yeah. Whoops. Especially something that might be dangerous. You should. Don't invest in stuff that isn't safety related early. Mm-hmm. Invest in safety. That's a good Definitely
0: idea. Definitely invest in safety. But I mean, like. But the extra in our stuff. Case, it's like. We did it right because you rented a mountain bike. Yeah, I rented it. You know, so. Yeah, it totally sucked that you broke your finger and you basically only got to do one run, and you were out. What was like a hundred bucks? Yeah, it was like, $100 yeah, it was like 100,
1: 120 bucks to rent the bike, and that that sucks. But, right, but still a way better way to try something. Oh yeah, you didn't pay two. No, this $1, is $1. this is what like gyms and uh, places where you can rent cameras and play. Mm-hmm. You you can rent or try out. Probably, probably most things. I'm sure there are exceptions where you need to buy some level of beginner equipment, but I'm imagining that mo- most hobbies that I'm running through in my mind or goals are things that you could potentially try out without investing a lot.
0: Yeah. Or or spending a small amount of money.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or or spending like beginner stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, um,
0: for many hobbies, there are classes where equipment is provided. Yeah. So. I don't think your photography classes did that, but there are definitely other classes. You know, if you if you join a basketball league, there's probably gonna be a basketball at the gym. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Bring your own ball and it better be a $100 I ball. I brought my own. This one's better. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, don't go all in on new hobbies until you know that you're gonna stick with it. Then go buy all of the gear and spend tons of time reading reviews on com and comparing polyurethane blends and softness ratings on wheels and bearing tolerances. It's like you're trying to say something. (laughs) I just know it. (laughs) Okay. Tip number seven, get to the root causes of your spending. And by this, I mean, there may be a hidden reason why you keep spending money on certain things. For example, if you keep spending money on takeout food it's probably not because you just love takeout food that much. It's yeah. probably because you have a lack of time management skills and you have not figured out how to buy ingredients and have them around so you can cook them. Or you haven't figured out how to actually make time to cook or how to do meal prep if you have only time to cook on Sundays. So that is a root cause for spending a bunch of money. The other one I had is uh, you know, maybe you take too many Ubers Well, maybe that's because your bike isn't fixed up and you just haven't taken the time to do it. And every single time you're like, I gotta go somewhere, the bike's still broken. And now there's no time. Yeah, And you don't think about it later. I think this is a big thing. People only uh, concern themselves with the problems they have when it's too late to do anything about them. But then once they've paid for the Band-Aid slash duct tape solution, it totally leaves their mind and it doesn't come back up into their mind until once again, it's too late to do anything about that root cause. So, if you find yourself spending money on something that you think, I shouldn't be spending money on this so often, make yourself a reminder in your Siri reminders or something that just will remind you later. Hey, you should fix your bike up or you should learn the train and bus schedule for your town. So that way you don't have to take so many
1: Ubers. Yeah. Uh,
0: all right,
1: number eight. Ignore sales. But I, but look, all the savings. That means I'm saving money. Does it? Right. <laughs> I wanted a giant reptar doll. Yes, I do actually. Well yeah, I'll, I'll sure, look that up I'm sure on sure you. EBay actually want to
0: buy that? But look, if there's a bunch of gnomes on sale, and you didn't intend to buy gnomes before you saw the
1: sale, and then you buy them because of the sale, you just spent money that you didn't intend to spend. Uh, unless I'm replacing something else I was going to buy with the gnomes now. Although it with Wait, gnomes what? this example is dumb. But with okay, so <laughs> what's the substitute for gnomes? I didn't I mean, didn't garden fairies. I don't know. I didn't <laughs> I should have swapped. That metaphor doesn't work anymore. So, the on, the only time a sale maybe should change my purchases is if I was going to buy uh I was going to buy tofu for dinner, but actually this pasta's on sale. Oh, okay. I can swap the one. Then that I am sense. then I am saving money. But it makes I, total if, sense. But in most cases it's just like the sales should yeah. be an accident that you'll come across and go, nice, I'm saving money.
0: Yeah, usually sales are made to make you spend more money.
1: Yeah. So if
0: you have something you wanna buy and it's really expensive and you're patient, then sales can be great because you can wait for a sale to come around and then jump on it. And in that case, like the company putting on the sale, that's not what they want because they would have rather you bought it. You you're like You were a pretty hot lead already because you wanted it. The sales are for cold leads. We're just like, oh, I'm not gonna buy that. Ooh, wait, it's on sale. It's 10% off, oh my gosh.
1: And then they buy it. Yeah, this is that one secret that companies don't want you to know. (laughs) don't want you to know, (laughs) yeah, exactly. We're a pop-up ad now.
0: So only use sales for things you already intended to buy. Maybe something that was on your 30-day list. But if you see something on sale and you had no intention, then stop yourself because you weren't gonna buy that in the first place. Yeah. Um, Number nine, subscriptions. What subscriptions are you actually using?
1: I think that's that's one that's uh, that's really useful to go through your bank statement for. In fact. Because a lot of times you may not even realize you're still paying for something that you just don't log into anymore.
0: Dude, you know what's really funny? What? Um, I put this on the list and two weeks ago, I, I talked about how I'm going back to Evernote. Yeah. I forgot to unsubscribe to Bear. <laughs> <laughs> the, exactly that. And you know what? I think like Bear is a yearly subscription. Those are the ones that really get you. Cause you paid for it like two hundred days ago or something. So yeah. you don't know it's coming so, back so up. So you don't think about it. You gotta yeah. set a reminder for that stuff or unsubscribe. And I usually early. do. I usually have like Bear renewing and I have it on my calendar. So anytime I subscribe to something that's a year long thing, I put it on my calendar. Uh, so I need to unsubscribe from Bear. Luckily it's not gonna charge me for probably another year because it was really recent that I actually paid for it. But yeah. There is also an app called Trim and I think you can go to asktrim.com uh, to find that and it will basically just give you like a rolling report of what you're subscribed to.
1: And what does it check to do this your I emails or your, your bank statements?
0: statements? Yeah, I think it checks your bank statements and your credit card statements. So it's one of those apps that I think you have to give access to your bank statements, so it would have to be something that you're willing to do. Um it'd be cool if you use
1: Mint Oh, maybe you can do that too. It'd be cool if you could, because you can export from your bank sometimes, like a CSV. You could potentially do that.
0: Though, in my mind, that almost defeats the purpose. Because I I think the purpose is like, some people forget that they're using something. So you just want to have this like automated monitor in the background that reminds you.
1: Now, that's a cool idea because uh, it wasn't until... And with this, like, I had to go through my statement yeah. and look at what, what are all my subscriptions? Because honestly, I couldn't name them all off the top of my head. I'm not sure. I've had lots of subscriptions in mm-hmm. the past that I've canceled or kept. And going through and writing them down and then being like, oh, this is how much they add up to. So, yeah. you know, I only got Netflix That's originally because I wanted to watch House of Cards. I never actually watched all of it. And yet I still have <laughs> Netflix. Yep. This is what Netflix wants. But it would be easy for me to forget that I've been paying for it for that long that since, true. since I never actually did the thing I wanted to do with
0: Perfect it. Perfect business model for Netflix would have everyone in the world subscribed to it, but no one but watching no one anything. Watched. Well, that's why they want us all on the <laughs>
1: menus because we're not using their bandwidth if we're just scrolling through the menu being confused.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you <sighs> know what? For At one point I had HBO and I had finished watching the current season of Game of Thrones but then my brother was like, hey, can I watch Game of Thrones?
1: Mm. And I was like, sure. That's how they get you.
0: And he didn't watch it for three months. So I just paid for three extra months of HBO Go with nobody watching anything on it.
1: Yeah, you could have canceled that and then resubbed when you wanted so this it. So that's what
0: I did. Is I canceled yeah. it and I said, hey, I, I'll pay for it again if you want to watch Game of Thrones. That's fine. But you got to tell me you're going to watch it. And then I'm going to give you a month to watch it. Yeah. That's it. So... Just keep tabs on your subscriptions and um, cancel the ones that you're not using. Or ask yourself, is this actually valuable to me? Yeah. You know, maybe you have Netflix and Hulu, and you've been really into Netflix. Uh, some shows on Netflix, like, do you need Hulu? Maybe cancel it and then get it the next month if you really want to watch a show there. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of a lot of subscriptions are are options. They're not actually providing you a service that you're using. They're providing you an option, like. I have Netflix and Hulu, so I have the option of watching anything on any of them.
1: But Well, that's how they get you because people going don't to like to give up freedom. Exactly. If I now have the freedom to watch everything, even if I'm never going to use it, it feels bad to lose the freedom. And, and really, yeah. th- the whole thing for most subscriptions is that they don't want you to think about it at all. So going through and listing them out True. and thinking about them – is the kryptonite to accidentally spending all that money. Yeah. There's a reason they just charge your credit card instead of sending you an email saying, please pay again.
0: Exactly, yeah. So just make sure you're using them. Uh, All right. Expensive friends is my last one here. If you have friends who are constantly phoning you up and being like, oh my God, Stacy, let's get some brunch.
1: It's a good brunch.
0: Mimosas.
1: I don't know. I'm down. Is that how people talk? I or think that's how brunch. I, that's actually, that's just like me. Is that, it's exactly, you I just, imagine it, that actually like, just like me asks you that on a Sunday morning. Oh yes. God, well, yes, because Watercourse is great, but I digress. <laughs> that's not the point here.
0: Um, number one, you can suggest less expensive things to do. If your friends are constantly saying, dude, let's go out, let's go to Top Golf, or let's go get brunch or get drinks. Why not suggest coming on over and playing Smash Brothers instead? and, uh, or going hiking or something like there's a lot of fun things that are free. And like we talked about last week, it's all just about challenging the expectations people have and asking like, what's the reason we're doing this particular set of things. It's probably because everyone's settled into a groove and that's what immediately pops
1: into one of their heads when it comes to the idea of what's fun to go do with friends. They just wanted to hang out, but then yeah. they jump to this. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you know,
0: it, you, you just get used to it. We go out. That's what we do do you have to? No, there's a brand new Mario
1: party game out. Yeah. Actually that. multiplayer games are a great investment. Yeah. If you keep like smash bros or Mario party or Jack in Jack in the box games. Yeah. Those are great investments for how much you could avoid going out and doing something expensive while mm-hmm. still hanging out with friends. Yeah, dude, Jack in the box was what,
0: 20 bucks. And we've gotten a lot of value out of that.
1: Is it Jack in the box or Jackbox? I confused myself. I think it's Jackbox. I think it is Jackbox. Jack I, think I, is I think I was wrong. I think I was wrong. I think I was wrong. Yeah. The first time.
0: Well, there was Utero Jack. And The it's record a, it's Jackbox has been corrected. Games. Yeah. It's the Jackbox Party Pack.
1: He's like, he's he, he does Volume like, four,
0: or maybe there's a five now, which I got to go buy that if it exists. But you know what? That's okay. Because that's an intentional purchase. It's going to pay off in the long run.
1: Unlike going out to a club and buying expensive drinks, it pays for itself in like two going to a club and buying expensive yeah. drinks, and like it's done. or possibly one. Yeah,
0: dude, clubs are the drinks uh, are drink, expensive. Drink, drinks are absurdly expensive. Like ten dollars or more for a crappy yeah. Well if gang. you stay
1: home just once to play play Jackbox games, you've now paid for it. Boom.
0: Yeah, you could even buy your own a few drinks.
1: times. You've paid for the console that you're playing it on. Just, or you a, could just make a few times.
0: Fancy apple cinnamon cider in your crock pot. Yeah, it's pretty cheap um also just opt out more often you don't have to go out every single time your friends invite you and you know what you could also be honest about the problem just be like hey i don't want to spend that much money i have financial goals and going out would mean i'd be spending more than i intend to you don't even have to say i'm poor you just say i have financial goals i'm trying to pay up my debt i'm trying to save up for a mountain bike so i can go break my other finger and well, you I got to break go them somehow. I can't go to the club tonight.
1: Okay. Well, that's better because you're framing it as a positive goal rather yeah. than like I'm broke. It's all like self de- like uh, deprecating. Yeah, it's true. You know, but if you're like I'm actually trying to be more responsible now, it seems like you're growing. But and that's it,
0: an identity thing. Yeah, it's instead an identity instead of identifying thing. as poor person, you're identifying as
1: yeah. person and with uh, financial goals. Identifying with positive things is gonna make you feel better than again yeah. than negative things. Um, you got to identify as somebody who's on the up and up. That's
0: it. Instead of as somebody who's in a crappy situation and stuck there.
1: Yeah. Don't identify as stuck. And now I have, I have had trouble in the past saying no to events. Mm -hmm. So a good way to get around feeling bad about that would be to be like, actually, I can't do that. Um, But what are you doing next Wednesday? Actually, Mm. I want to do now insert your own activity that you can totally do. Yeah. So that way you're still saying, hey, I I do want to hang out. And I appreciate it if that's only the gesture you were trying to send to me. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, a lot
0: of times when I invite someone to do something, it's I just want to hang out with them. Yeah. So you're saying
1: I'm not rejecting hanging out. I just let's do this instead.
0: Exactly. They could be like, oh, I don't want to do that. That's fine.
1: And then if you say, let's do this next time, they still have the option to do what they wanted that night. You're not saying, no, come do my plans instead. You just make different plans at the same time.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so be honest, identify as something positive, but also, again, suggest other things and be imaginative. Like we're having a murder mystery party, apparently, this weekend. Yeah, I I would have never thought of doing that.
1: I'm gonna dress up as a plant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to see that. I'm just gonna be as shifty as possible. I don't even care if I'm like the person who got murdered. I'm going to be real shifty and real... Suspicious. Well, there's
1: a reason he was murdered. It's that's, because he was into some sketchy areas. That's true, yeah. He, it's not a mystery. He was, we know why. He should have been in that part of town. It was pretty obvious <laughs> he was going to get murdered.
0: Anyway, so that is 10 things you can do to curb your spending problem. And I'm going to run through them really quickly as a recap. Um, do manual spending tracking like you do. And you use Daily Budget. Yep. It's the app you use. Um, try using the fridge method potentially where you do manual expense tracking, which you do it with your partner in a public place in the house. You could do the thing that I suggested where you print out a bank statement and go on line by line. So you're not just relying on the broad categories that a software like Mint provides, but you're actually seeing line by line. You kind of know like, oh, that's what I spent at that store. And if it's a pattern. Um, Curb your impulse spending through using 30 day lists, but also knowing what you need when you go to the store and identifying as somebody with responsible financial goals so you make choices that are aligned with your identity. Ask why you're making purchases. Am I buying this to keep up with the Joneses, to impress people, or to satisfy a very temporary craving for novelty or something new that's going to go away? We've got don't go all in on new hobbies. Prove to yourself you're going to stick with it before you buy all the expensive gear. Make do with what you got right now or do some renting. Uh, Get to the root causes of your spending problems, such as eating out too much because you don't have good time management for cooking, you haven't bought things for meal prep, things like that. Ignore sales, unless there are sales for things you already wanted. Um, Keep tabs on your subscriptions and make sure they're providing you value and you're actually using them. And finally, if you have expensive friends, opt out more often or
1: suggest different things to do. They're less expensive
0: and probably more fun.
1: Yeah. You know, just, you know, if you want to invite your friends over to listen to the College Info Geek podcast, that's a fun friend that's activity. True, yeah. It's Such listening a good party. thing to do. Everybody does it.
0: Yeah. I, I can think of at least zero people who do that. Yeah. <laughs> at least, though, it's at least. That means there could be more. That's true. <laughs> Email us if you've had a College Info Geek listening party in your living room. Yeah, I want to hear about it because I want to hear about it. And I also am. Concerned. But like, also, like, I have like, concerns. But what were the reasons behind it? I'm curious. <laughs> there, there may be some more fun activities you could invite your friends over to do. Maybe that's why they're not coming over so often. All they want to do is listen to that self improvement podcast. And and every time there's a new tip, they're just like, they pause it, like, all right, make sure you write this one down. <laughs> I don't want to go over to Stacy's house anymore. <laughs> I miss brunch. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, that,
1: that would be. Yeah, I want to know if you do that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Let us know in the comments or or tweet us or Instagram us or whatever. If you do that, I don't think we're going to get any comments. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this has been episode 235 of the College Info Geek podcast. So point your phone or browser over to cigpodcast.com slash 235. If you want these show notes, we'll have links to the app Martin uses and... Um, trim, and some other things. So check those out if you're curious. You can also find our favorite resources, including our essential books list for students, our college packing guide, and our list of cool apps and tools and gear for improving your life as a student. And I always feel ironic when I talk about things that people can go buy on financial episodes, but you know what? Buying things sometimes is useful. Yeah. So uh, people do it. Yeah. Plus if I was like, a professional podcaster who did episodes on money and then said, never spend money ever on anything ever, I don't, I think I'd be out of a job pretty quick.
1: <laughs> uh, well, it's not fun to not spend money on anything ever. That's true,
0: yeah. Um, and you know, I spend a fair amount of money, but I like to think that I spend it deliberately and I get things of value out of it. And I can't think of the last time I felt guilty for buying a book. Pretty much never. I feel guilty for buying chocolate and sometimes for good buying stuff, video the games. Dark
1: chocolate. That stuff's pretty
0: good. I'm actually digging the Whole Foods Dark Almond Chocolate. Okay. That's my favorite one. If I buy the milk chocolate, I will eat it in one sitting. But if I buy the dark almond chocolate, it's like it's good, but I don't eat the whole thing. Yeah. I'll just have like two squares and I'm good. Anywho, this is not a paid endorsement for Whole Foods Dark Chocolate, though if Whole Foods wants to sponsor For their dark chocolate. That would save me some money. I use that. That would save (laughs) Yeah, and they could send us a bunch. Come on, Jeff. You know you want the College Info Geek podcast to sponsor your chocolate. I think Jeff Bezos listens to this show. I hope so. Anyway, so Jeff, check out collegeinfogeek.com slash resources if you want to know what to fill your college dorm with, because I'm sure you live in one. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Last but not least, If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do that. Uh, I think College or no, CIG Podcast.com has instructions for how to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts if you have an Android phone or any other podcast app that you use. That way you can get new episodes delivered to your device every single Monday when we publish them. And that's it. So Thank you so much for listening. Share this show with a friend if you found it helpful and you enjoy it, and want to see it grow. And uh, we will see you in next week's episode. Stay cute.